0: Hey guys, welcome back to the JML Podcast. This episode is going to be really different than all the other ones you've listened to so far, and that's because it's just me here today, just Annalie, no Natalie, and that's because we just, we had really busy weeks, really crazy, and we didn't end up filming a podcast at all, or recording one, so um, yeah, nothing was supposed to come out today, but I was actually, I preached a sermon last night at youth and um, I was talking to some of my friends today and we just made the spontaneous decision. Let's just put this sermon on the podcast so more people can hear it. And um, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit and which is kind of like a, it's a hefty topic to talk about. And um, yeah, it's kind of weird going at this alone without Natalie here, but um Hopefully, it'll be fruitful for you guys. Hopefully, you can take something out of it. It'll be a little more serious because I don't have Natalie here distracting me. Um, <laughs> but oh, also, um, today is March 3rd, um, Friday, March 3rd, and when I'm recording this, and it's going to go out March 3rd, which means that Ola will not be editing this. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to tell her. I'm just going to post it. And um, it'll be a nice surprise to her because she obviously wasn't able to make it to the sermon because she is not a youth. She is old. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, now more, me- more people will get to hear the sermon. And um, I'm going to be doing this all in one take. So just bear with me. Um, and it'll also be, like, a shorter episode, I'm sure. Like, we're not going to go for the life updates and stuff. And if you hear some of this, I'm drinking a matcha because um, my throat gets dry sometimes <laughs> you do not need to know that but that's just because I'm a human and I'm not perfect contrary to popular belief. anyway, I'm stalling now. okay so let's just let's just dive right into it. I'm gonna be talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Trinity which is the Holy Spirit just, okay, anyway, so let's just, let's just, let's go for it, um, so many of you listening are in high school, probably most of you, except if you're Ola's friends or related to me or Natalie, um, and there's some pretty, like, crazy and disappointing, honestly, statistics that just say that High schoolers, most of them inevitably are going to leave the church after they're graduated. Once their parents aren't forcing them to go to church on Sundays or Thursday nights for youth, um, lots of people are going to fall away from their faith. Um, And I think the reason that people give up on Christianity or fall away from a relationship with God is because they never really knew him in the first place. There have been times in my life where I've only held on to my faith as a shield, as a last-ditch effort to protect me from God's judgment. I've always lived in fear of God, but up until a couple years ago, I haven't lived in awe of Him. Super recently, I've been kind of shell-shocked at how present God, and specifically the Holy Spirit, has been in my life. I've had countless experiences where I can actually feel physically and spiritually His closeness. For example, I was driving on the highway the other day and singing along to worship music and praying out loud, and I was talking to God, and I said the words, I feel your presence right now. And then all of a sudden, I was overcome with such a powerful presence, and I just started crying and laughing. I felt like Jesus and the Holy Spirit was sitting in the passenger seat of my car. I don't know if any of you have felt the Holy Spirit, but to many of the people I've talked to, they can describe it as a rush of energy through your whole body that's neither hot nor cold, but somehow both. And lots of people will cry with joy like I did. The month of January has been a spiritual high for me, and I felt like God was speaking to me more than ever. I took this opportunity to remove distractions like deleting social media and spending more time reading my Bible and going to Bible study and actually being still to listen to what God was trying to say to me. It's easy to believe that those crazy Jesus moments are the experiences that only happen to other people. And that's honestly exactly what I thought for most of my life before I realized how accessible the Spirit is to anyone who believes. As Jesus says in Acts 1 verse 4, the Holy Spirit is the gift my Father has promised. Before Jesus' crucifixion, there was a much greater separation between man and God, requiring animal sacrifice and super-specific laws restricting eating, cleanliness, etc. At a time when the disciples felt so confused and physically split apart from Jesus, they were given the Holy Spirit, which meant eternal, unlimited access to Jesus. Acts 1 verse 8, which we're going to be focusing on, says you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth jesus's last words on earth before ascending into heaven were commanding his disciples to bear witness of the truth that was revealed to them and to share the good news of his coming return all around the world this obviously doesn't seem like an easy task not then and not now but the good news is we have help Jesus tells us when the Spirit comes upon us, we will have not love, not peace, not kindness, but power. He never says that with the Holy Spirit we will have ease, but he promises us that we will have power. When we think power, we might immediately think superpowers, which honestly isn't far off. In Acts 1 verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. We can assume this was physical miracles like healing, speaking in unlearned languages, or even raising people from the dead. But that's not, only, that's not the only thing we see in Acts. When we think power, this could mean boldness, the right words to say, and strength of faith. Continuing to verses 45 to 47, it tells us exactly what the believers with this power could do. First off, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This immediately makes me think of the guy in Mark 10 who asked Jesus the question we've all wondered. How do I enter the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus responds with, sell everything and give to the poor. And what does that man do? He walks away sad, powerless because he knows how difficult both options are. This man had such a struggle disregarding material items. And it's easy to become hypocrites and forget that many of us would have done the exact same thing. Sell everything? And I'm just thinking of my favorite items like my phone, my 2007 purple Buick Allure, (laughs) my house my favorite shoes, my low top Converse, all my savings, my Gymshark collection. (laughs) It feels impossible, yet it says in verse 44 that all, and I mean all, of the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. That's power. (laughs) Next, it says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, which seems like not a big deal. Lots of us who are listening Who are christians will go to church twice a week church on sundays and then youth on thursday nights and it's really not that hard but we have to remember that all that at this time christians were just becoming a thing jews who still waited expectantly for a savior king were persecuted and thought to be crazy but these christians seemed like a whole new breed of crazy meeting would have been really difficult maybe even life-threatening and even then, it says they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And even in the face of all all the persecution of the Christians, they, and even in the face of all the persecution, the Christians praise God with glad and sincere hearts. How often do we give a half-hearted prayer request or sing the words at church just out of obligation? But these people, with nothing since they'd given it all away, praised God with sincerity that is power um i'd like to point out how the spirit came to dwell in christians at the time but first let's hop back in time by exactly 1545 years to 1513 bce in exodus 3. after fleeing egypt and living in the desert moses sees a burning bush but the funny thing about this bush is it's not being consumed by the fire it's simply hosting the flames When Moses walked over to check it out, God spoke to Moses, commanding him to return to Egypt to set his people free of slavery and take them to the promised land, saying, I will be with you. Fast forward to 33 AD, just after the death and resurrection of Jesus, when God again uses fire to represent his presence. Acts 2 says that when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And just like in Moses' experience, this holy fire did not burn or scald the heads of the disciples, but rather was hosted by them like they were the bushes in the desert. We see that the gift of God's presence that was shown only to Moses in the Old Testament is now being separated and distributed distributed freely amongst believers so that we all might have spiritual intimacy and closeness with God. In Acts 1 verse 5, Jesus says, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now we know that the Holy Spirit came to the disciples in the form of fire. The difference between water and fire is huge, especially considering being fully immersed and baptized in it. A baptism is the washing away of a person's past sins, a death of their former self and a rebirth of character in God's likeness. If all that can be done with water that merely cleanses the surface, how much deeper can fire cleanse? To me, it seems like God is painting a picture again of his power and might and of how fragile we are in comparison. I think of metal that can't be bent by human hands melted all the way down to liquid in the presence of fire and then sculpted into something new. It's clear to me when reading these passages that we cannot change the hardened hearts of people around us to turn them to God without the help of the Holy Spirit within us. Now, obviously, we want this. We want to be at a place in our faith where we can feel the Holy Spirit so tangibly within us that life doesn't affect us in the same way. Fortunately for us, Peter explains just how we can receive this gift from God. In Acts 2 verse 38 Peter says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call and if you think you're too far gone to repent or to change your lifestyle it's important we don't ignore who Peter is speaking to. The group of people to whom Peter spoke were the same people who three days earlier had cheered for Jesus' crucifixion and mocked him as he suffered. As they heard Peter's words, it said they were cut to the heart, and they vulnerably asked, well, what should we do? It is the same for them, then as it is for us now. Repent and be baptized, not for the eliminating of our sins, but for the forgiveness of our sins, not to win the prize of the Holy Spirit through good works, but to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit through grace. This is not an empty word, this is a promise. And all throughout the Bible, God is known to keep his promises. For you and your children, and also those so far off that it looks like they have no hope. For example, shortly after the Great Commission, a man named Saul begins to persecute the growing Christian church. Acts 8 verse three says, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Romans 8 says, For if you live according to the flesh, which Saul was obviously doing, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. It is also written, the mind governed by by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Which is made all the more prevalent since Saul, later known as the Apostle Paul, literally wrote the book of Romans later in his life. So even to Paul, God's grace prevails. And later on in Ephesians 3 verse 7, Paul says, I became a servant of this gospel. By the gift of God's grace given to me through the working of his power and we know that that power of which Paul spoke of was the Holy Spirit so Paul was able to put to death his past sin in order to live alive and at peace with the guidance of the Holy Spirit continuing on in Romans 8 it says for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry abba father the spirit himself ta- testifies with our spirit that we are god's children now if we are children then we are heirs heirs of god and co-heirs with christ if indeed we share in his sufferings so that we may also share in his glory now paul is writing this in a time when being adopted into a roman family would have been the greatest privilege so we can imagine how much more of a privilege it would be to adop- to be adopted into god's family named sons and daughters of God, and not just living under his care, but becoming his heirs. It says we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. To me, this is such a great illustration of family. It's so true that if one member of the family is suffering, we all do. I think of the times when someone gets sick in my household and we all inevitably get sick because we're so close to each other. And if growing up, if my brother got a perfect report card, we all, by extension, got to go to the old spaghetti factory for dinner, and i think of the time when my dad had a heart attack and the whole family was affected it's the same with being in god's family jesus suffered on earth and in living in jesus suffered on earth and in living in his likeness we are going to suffer christians lives aren't supposed to be easy i've been praying lately to be uncomfortable with the world around me and to work harder to serve others like jesus did Paul says in Philippians 1, verse 29, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe, but to suffer for him. We live in a world with no tolerance for God. But again, Jesus' last words on earth were the great commission. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then, as most of us can recall, Jesus ascends up into the clouds. And the disciples just stand there looking up at the sky. And then suddenly, angels appear and say to them, Why do you stand there looking at the sky? The same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back the same way you have seen and go into heaven. This is a great reminder to us not to be stagnant in our faith. What would have happened had the disciples just continued standing there believing in Jesus, but never going out and fulfilling his commands? It is written that belief without action is meaningless, and even the demons believe. In Romans 12, Paul warns the Christian church, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if we remember earlier in chapter eight, Paul reminds us how good this renewal is. He says the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. So obviously we want this gift from God, but how do we go about being transformed? Think about yourself as a person, how you've changed your hair, your clothes, your language, your habits, your humor, and who were you surrounded by during each of those phases? The classic saying by Jim Rowan, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's actually so true, and it applies to our relationship with God. The more time we spend in His presence, actively seeking Him, and taking moments to be still and listen is going to change us. And maybe now you're wondering, how is it going to change us? Well, most of you probably know, and you can probably say it along with me in your head. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, um." Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and (laughs) self-control. Sorry, I tripped up there. Um, Who doesn't want to be the embodiment of all those good things? Joy, a deep contentment that surpasses happiness. Peace, even in the midst of the worst circumstances. Patience, giving people the benefit of the doubt. Kindness, putting others first. Goodness, living a life reflecting God's character. Faithfulness, keeping our word and holding fast even in doubt. Gentleness, giving them grace because Jesus died for them. And self-control, denying yourself in order to obey God. As I mentioned before, this past month I felt God's presence so strongly and I was so sure that God wanted to use me for something and I was so eager to be transformed by the Spirit that I kept experiencing. So one night in particular I spent time in prayer and I actually listened and that night I had a dream. So I guess I'll just I'll just go and explain this dream to you off script. Um. So basically, in the dream, I was working at Freshie, which we all know I work there. And in walks this young lady, and I still remember exactly what she looks like. She comes in, and instead of ordering food, she just asks for a water. And instead of going to grab her water, I say, you don't need water. You need the living water. And um, I just start, I feel like the Holy Spirit come upon me. And I just start preaching to her. I start telling her about Jesus, about um, that chapter in John, the woman at the well, the living water. I don't know if you know that story, but there's a woman. She's had like five husbands. She's like a sinner, but aren't we all? She's get drawn water from the well and Jesus comes up to her and explains that in believing in him, you'll never thirst again. In taking living water from Jesus, you'll never need anything else. Um, so yeah, that's basically what I was telling her in my dream. And I woke up and I was like, wow, that was Jesus speaking to me. And the next day I go into work. um, I'm working with Taryn. I don't know if I've talked about her before. She's awesome. Um, But we were discussing it and we're like, okay, this this girl's going to come in tonight. The exact girl, like the description that I had in my head. And we were like waiting for her. We even went as far as to write the verse, um, John 4, I think, the chapter of um, the woman at the well on a cup. And then I was like gonna <laughs> fill up the cup with water and give it to her because I fully believed that she was gonna come in. And long story short, she did not come in. And I was just like, I wrestled with God that week after I was like, like, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I know that you, that I knew that God wanted me to do something and I knew that he wanted me to evangelize. But I just, I thought that that dream was like a specific action that I was supposed to take And it was just kind of disheartening realizing that that's, I don't know, nothing happened with that. And so the next um, Sunday at our Bible study, um, I bring up the dream and we talk about it. And we come to the conclusion that maybe God doesn't want me to wait for that specific woman. Maybe He just wants me to evangelize at Freshie in general and at work. So, with that in mind, the very next day I go into work and lo and behold in walks a girl and she does not fit the description of the girl in my dream at all but nevertheless she comes in and I just like have this feeling I'm like I recognize her from somewhere but I didn't know where and I'm usually like at Freshie, I'm like minimum friendly like I'll say hi how are you and then ask what they want but I'm not like you know asking questions about their life but I like I tell her I'm like hey do I know you from somewhere and we like go back and forth trying to figure it out and eventually we come to the conclusion that she was the barista at um, the place that we've been going to Bible study every week. And then so I was at um, her like coffee shop um, the day before for Bible study. And then she came into Freshie the next night, which is just kind of like a funny little work swap. And so we like laughed about that. And then she kind of like we were talking about um, like she's like, oh, yeah, I've seen you there a couple times before. And then I just like I felt the spirit come upon me and I started telling her I was like, oh, yeah, we are doing a Bible study there. I didn't know like anything about her, like faith, her background or if she was like comfortable discussing that. But I just went right in. I was like, I was like, yeah, we're doing a Bible study, just like um, going through verses with a couple girls like every every Sunday. And then she goes, no way. That's so cool. I've been looking for a group like that. And you know what? I invited her into our Bible study and now we have another member. And I really should tell her this story, but she might listen to the podcast and find it out here. So, hey girl, I dreamt about you. Um, yeah, so that was just a real life example of how the Holy Spirit has worked in my life. And I thought it'd be helpful to remind you of how real the Spirit is. Um, but I also, I didn't say this in um, last night when I um, did the sermon in front of the people at youth, but I just want to say that it's not mandatory for everyone to have these like crazy experiences with the spirit and not everyone is going to cry with joy or feel the holy spirit shivers not everyone is going to have like dreams and stuff like this and that might just be like a one-time thing I might never get one again but like and some people never will never experience like the spirit in the same way and you should not be ashamed of that at all and i have so many friends who i've had these conversations with they're like yeah i just like i don't feel it and to you i just want to remind you of a story in um right like around um exodus 3 i think um with the israelites in egypt and they're like um well yeah just in exodus in general they're um they're slaves of the egyptians in egypt and they um pharaoh's like taking away their babies he's and throwing them in the river there's like all sorts of like they're making them they've been so prosperous there's so many israelites that they're just like the pharaoh's just trying to get rid of them and they're like they're working hard making bricks and stuff and their quota keeps on going up and up and they're just having the worst time as slaves to the egyptians bottom line they're having the worst time and they keep on crying out to god and they're like please save us, listen to us, hear our voice. And they're just like for years, years and years and years, and they hear nothing. And, but, and even though they don't, they don't know what's happening, they're like on the outside, but then backtrack to what I just talked about, the burning bush. When Moses goes up to the burning bush, you know what God says? He says, I heard their voice in Egypt. He, God says, he's been listening and he has been hearing their prayers and now he's going to do something about it and then he goes in through moses they bring all of those israelites from the from egypt this like place of suffering into the promised land flowing with milk and honey and yeah that just came to me just something to add in there that you don't have to be you don't have to be like super mm, aware or of the spirit you don't have to be like you don't have to feel it like, in the same way that I do, and I'm just using, I just wanted to tell you guys of my experiences, because I just want you to know how real it is, and not just to me, but to everyone. Um, (sighs) Yeah, Um, I just want to, where am I? (laughs) Where am I in my sermon? (laughs) Um, I think a lot of the time, we have so much trouble trying to understand the whole Trinity thing, God, Son, Holy Spirit in one, and let me just reassure you by saying that you don't have to understand fully to believe. You can believe in order to understand because in believing and inviting the Spirit to permeate your life and transform you, you are accepting help in order to understand. So I just wanna end by saying that we have this gift now. The Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us and it's a daily choice whether or not we accept the living water that Jesus is offering us. We have something binding us Holding us down, distracting us, disheartening us in our walk with God. We all do. But in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, it says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And I just want to add something that's so crazy. I was reading my devotional. There's like, I have like a morning devotional that I do every day. And there's just like a random, and there's a different like little verse at the beginning of every day. And what are the chances? My verse today was literally 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. Isn't that crazy? Like, I just, there's no denying how real Jesus is and how real the spirit is. So um, yeah, my advice to you is to just talk to God. If you're thirsty, talk to God, ask him to meet your needs. If you've been drinking his water, talk to him, praise him. And if you're not thirsty at all, and you feel like you're doing completely fine without any water, talk to God anyway. Because, and I'll end with this, Psalm 34, verse 10, those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. (sighs) Thanks for listening, guys. That was a roller coaster. I really hope you took something out of that and I was able to plant a seed in your heart. Um, Yeah, talk to you guys two Fridays from now. (laughs) Bye!